welcome to the Rich Thoughts Podcast, where our goal is to glorify God and terrify the devil. Get ready. It's going to be a great journey. Good morning and welcome to Rich Thoughts for Breakfast. I'm Harold Herring, and that's my fine wife, Beth. And you have her daily a... scripture on... Do not be afraid. Yes. January 27th. Judges 6.23, Judges 6.23, But the Lord said to him, Peace, do not be afraid. You are not going to die. Wow. Peaceful words. Okay. And today, we are going to talk about prosperity. Prosperity's priorities. Yes, it is. Hallelujah. If you're living in great need, lack, or even poverty, it's time for you to leave the financial wilderness that you've been traveling through. God wants you to abound. So let's talk about the situation of deep poverty that was changed forever by the truth from God. The Macedonian church was in deep, deep poverty. They were so poor that when they put together a financial gift for the gospel ministry, they had to beg the Apostle Paul to receive it. 2 Corinthians 8.4, 8.4 Living Bible. They begged us to take their money so they could share in the joy of helping the Christians in Jerusalem. Because the Macedonians understood the principle of biblical economics, they later prospered so much that their testimony was used to encourage other churches to give. This pattern takes place throughout God's Word. Remember the example of the widow of Zarephath and 1 Kings 17, she was in deep poverty until she cast off fear and gave to God's prophet. Think of that. When she cast gave off fear. That's it. Go ahead. When she gave of her food, she became prosperous woman with more than enough to meet her own needs. If poverty were God's will for his children, he would not bring them out of their circumstances. If it were godly to be poor, God would not have given the widow of Zarephath so much that she and her household, as the scripture says, did eat for many days. And the barrel of meal was not wasted, not used up. Neither was the, did the cruise of oil fail. Mm. We read that in 1 Kings 17, verses 15 and 16. 1 Kings 17, 15 and 16. If you do not have enough money to eat or meet your daily needs, then by all means, Follow the principles of biblical economics, like the wood of Zarephath, and like the Church of Macedonia follows. Proverbs eleven twenty five eleven twenty five says, "The liberal soul should not be made fat; should be, shall be." I said should, didn't I? Thank you. Proverbs eleven twenty five. Let's try this again. The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that warders shall be also watered himself. Remember, God can change your poverty to prosperity even when you're down to your last few crumbs. He did it in Bible days, and he's doing it even today. That's right. His laws never change. Number one, God's law of release. Poverty is not an accident. Neither is prosperity. Strict spiritual laws govern both. The spiritual law of release shall be says to be willing to release for increase. Proverbs 11, 24 and 25. 
Proverbs 11, 24, 25, we read, there, he, there is he that scattereth and yet increaseth, and there is he that withholdeth more than his meat, but it tendeth to poverty. The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered, watereth, shall be watereth also himself. That's a King James version, but he makes it clear. If you take your money and you're giving it away, scattering it, it's going to increase and you're going to be prosperous. But if you hoard too much of it, more than is proper, you will be poor. And that's what exactly what the principle works on. God's spiritual laws don't change no matter how uncomfortable they make us feel. You might be saying, well, Brother Harold, Sister Bev, do you mean that I have to start giving my money away if I want to be prosperous? It just doesn't make sense. And you are absolutely right, because God does not rule and reign by the world's situation and the way the world understands things. He reigns the way he put it together. That's it. So in the eyes of the world, it doesn't make sense. But in God's spiritual laws where we need to live, it will it may not make uh, worldly sense, but it is truth, and it will work. God's Always. spiritual laws, amen, don't change. Release and increase, prosper, in other words, or retain and decrease, and that tends up in poverty. Well, look what Luke 6.38 says. Luke 6.38, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over, shall we give unto you your bosom for with the same measure that ye meet with all it shall be measured to you again this is another proof positive that prosperity is not an accident and truthfully neither is poverty if you put god's spiritual laws of increase into action you can expect god's pr promised law of increase to operate in your life yeah, absolutely we can testify to that mm -hmm. number two put god first to understand and apply God's principles of increase, you must establish God's proper spiritual order in your life. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. The first, this is the first and great commandment. Matthew 22, verses 37 and 38. Matthew 22, 37 38. See, there's no doubt about it. God should be first. Not a single soul in all of Christianity would agree with, disagree with that statement. Nobody would disagree. I do not know of one doctrine, one church, one preacher, one teacher, or one Christian philosopher who would argue that principle. To make a major breakthrough in the spiritual area of finances, your spiritual priorities must be absolutely straight. God must be first in every aspect of your life, not just in your passive agreement, but in your daily actions. God must come before money. If you spend three minutes a day praying and 10 minutes a day going after more money, then who or what is your God? God must come before your own pleasure. If all your leisure time is spent pursuing pleasure, reading magazines, watching TV, surfing the internet, while your Bible gathers dust on the dining room table, then who or what is your God? Yes, God must come even before your precious children. Family activities assume their proper priority only when God is ahead of your house. And when you're putting God into your children, too. Absolutely. And God is first. 
Exodus 20, verses 2 and 3. Exodus 20, verses 2 and 3. I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. If you want your giving to be effective, you must make sure your priorities are clear and in scriptural order. If there's any error in your life that ranks above God, repent and change. Remember, Jesus put himself, well, he put that proper order in the focus. Matthew 6.33, 6.33. seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Mm. The careful ordering of your priorities is necessary to bring forth the things you need and want. Like many people, you may be surprised when you find out who should come after God. His list of priorities. It's you. That's right, it's you. Matthew twenty two, thirty nine and forty. Twenty two, thirty nine and forty. And the second commandment is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Most of us are pretty good about talking about taking care of others. Each month yeah, taking care of ourselves. Wow. Taking care of ourselves. Each month we manage to make the house payments, the car payments, and we meet most of the needs, including clothing, education, and even entertainment. We know fairly well how to love ourselves second. But the hard part is that we're supposed to love our neighbor in the same way. Scripture says clearly that you are second. However, your neighbor is also second. Your neighbor is every man, woman, boy, and girl in the world. Regardless of whether he or she is saved or lost, we must be conscious of our neighbor's specific needs, whether they are whether those needs are whether they are spiritual, physical, or financial. To be in the center of God's will, to avoid blocking all of the good things God has for you, to avoid blocking all the things. That God has for you. In other words, don't block the blessings of God. You must have a concern for other people as you have for yourself. God wants you to prosper so that he can help others around you prosper spiritually, physically, and financially. And you know, as we talked the other day, honey, they're the two priorities, God first but we cannot love others. We cannot love our neighbor until we love ourselves because you're going to have to be able to love yourself and put God's principles That's what it says. Into, um, into practice on ourselves in order to be able to love right. somebody else. So that's why it puts us in there second. But if the saints caught the vision, it'd be a short time before we see multiples of people coming to Jesus. The Apostle John prayed for prosperity and health, but notice both of these benefits are linked to his soul. 3 John 2, Behold, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. So when we put God first and our soul prospers, it allows us to open our hands to our neighbors and exactly be right. a benefit and a blessing. There's no prosperity for the soul. That neglects the two greatest commandments. Mm. We put God first and ourselves and our neighbor second. Number three, tithe off the top. 
To operate the principles of increase in your life, not only must your priorities concerning God be proper, but your priorities in giving must be clear to you also, and why God puts them in place. A major question in many Christians ask as they begin to put their financial uh, house in order is, well, should I tithe before or after I pay my bills? That's not even a question. Many people will pay their bills, and then uh, after all their financial obligations, they'll try to tithe to God out of the remaining money. That's a common practice and misinterpretation of Scripture. Yes, it is. Because it's not what the Bible says. Deuteronomy 26, 2, 5, 10, and 12. Deuteronomy 26, 2, 5, 10, and 12 says, Thou shalt take the first of all the fruit of the earth, which thou shalt bring of the land that the Lord thy God giveth thee. Remember, this was an agrarian society. And shall put it in a basket, and shall go into the place which the Lord thy God shall choose to place his name there. And thou shalt speak and say before the Lord thy God, And now, behold, I brought the first fruits of the land which thou, O Lord, hast given me, and thou shalt set it before the Lord thy God and worship before the Lord thy God, when thou hast made an end of tithing. This process of bringing the first fruits before paying bills is called tithing. God's word says that you should tithe first before you do anything else with your income. You may say, well, golly, you know, if I tithe first, I won't have enough to pay our bills. You know what we like to say? If you don't tithe first, you won't have enough to pay your bills. <laughs> Think true. how full of unbelief that statement is. If you believe that, you're not believing that the, what God said in his word about tithing opened the windows of heaven to you. See, tithing establishes a relationship between you and God and keeps the windows of heaven open. Literally, it means the treasure of the house of God is now open to you if you, if and when you put God first he says he will surely bless you. So we need to be wise enough to see that if we tithe and then we place an offering in the offering bucket after, you know, after the bill. I mean, point is, we're leaving ourselves, if we do it only after the bills are paid, we're leaving ourselves to the mercy of our bills. With this action, our tithes and offerings are subject to and under the control of our bills. But we tithe first and give a generous offering, then our bills come under the control of our tithes and offerings. Malachi 3, 10 and 11 speaks of, and I, I we encourage you to read more about it, speaks of open windows for tithing and uninterrupted harvests for your offerings when you are consistently putting God in proper place in your life. Put God's business first and foremost, and he will put your business first and foremost. Hallelujah. We're not going to finish today. No, nope, we're not. We'll pick this up away. on tomorrow's call. Yes, we will. And uh, this is a foundational teaching. So, hallelujah. And until, to until tomorrow morning at 8.30 Eastern, God bless you. Happy trails. And keep thinking rich thoughts from the Word of God. We love you. We appreciate you. Bye-bye.